weekly podcast to update you on the volcanic activity of the week. I'm one of your hosts, Alessandro Mozu. And I'm your other host, Corinne Jorgensen. We're two PhD students at the University of Geneva. We study volcanoes and are here to give you all the hot volcano news. So first a quick update on some of the week's volcanic activity and then the focus of the week. And this week we are going to have a special double focus on Fagradas Fial and Tal. Let's get to it! It's July 5th at the time of recording and here are your weekly quick updates. Okay, so we're going to start with the Americas. And as usual, Will, we had several ash advisories from Rentero, Arsenge, Sabancaya, Ricón de la Vieja, Navarros de Chilán, Fuego, Navarro de Ruiz, Talica, and Cadova. The American winner for the highest plume is Sabancaya, as usual, with 7.6 km tall plume, followed by Senge 6.7 and Reventador 5.2. Ricón de la Vieja in Costa Rica produced a strong three-minute uh, lasting phreatic explosion on June 28th, with an eruptive column rising to 3.9 kilometers. The explosion caused mud flows which traveled down the north sector of the volcano. If Rincón de la Veja uh, was a new entry this past two weeks, what is not is Fuego, that is continuing its activity at moderate levels, with frequent volcanic explosion, ash plumes up to the sky for 4.8 kilometers, and some incandescent avalanches. Okay, so let's move on to Europe, where we have some updates from Fagradsfjall, but that's part of our double focus feature, so for now, Edna updates. So, as Corinne said, let's move to a completely casual European volcano, for example, Helena, <laughs> where the activity is continuing well. We left you last week with the 28th of June paroxysm, that was the eruption number 45 since December. Uh, and, well, last week we saw as the activity increased to a rhythm of one eruption per day that was impressive. But after the 28th of June event, the volcano slowed down again. And now produces another powerful event uh, for days after, between the late 1st of July and the early 2nd of July. And then another one, the July 4th. Unfortunately, uh, we don't have any data yet about the height of the eruptive columns. So for this week, the World Cup for the highest plume might go back in the Americas to our friend Sabankaya. But let's see. We'll see have to check our Asian explosive friends. Okay, we have one more European report before moving to Asia, and it is Sao Miguel in the Azores, where the seismic activity is increasing. There's been multiple earthquakes that occurred yesterday with a maximum magnitude of 3.6. There hasn't been an eruption yet, but we, of course, are going to keep our eyes peeled. It's time for Asia, where as usual, we had several ash advisories from Dukonos, Meru, Merapi, Savichev, Swanozojima, Ebeko, Krakatau, Sinabung, and Lewotolo. The winner for the highest plume of the week in Asia was Samiro, with a 4.3 kilometer plume. So, the worldwide winner this week is gonna be, again, Sabankaya! Yeah, I'm very happy to have our American friend back with us. But now let's continue in Asia. Tal in the Philippines, which we'll see in more detail on the focus, started to make some noise already on June 29th, where the volcano produced an intense SO2 emission, more than 14,000 tons 
per day, exceeding the average emission levels of about five times. The plume, mainly composed of steam and gases, reaches 2.5 km in height. The volcanic activity was also responsible for vog formation. And if you do not know what vogs are, well, just continue to follow the episode because Corinne will talk about tal activity and vogs in today's special double focus. So you are gonna discover it. But this is not everything from Tal. The big event, or rather the series of big events, have started on July the 1st, but I don't want to anticipate anything, so let's move on with other Argian activities. Okay, so Merapi continues to grow at the lava dome, which is continuously collapsing and producing pyroclastic flows. After the last one on June 25th, we had another collapse series, uh, which occurred on June 29th with the production of block and ash flow which traveled more than two kilometers and also hot avalanches as a result of the flow collapsing. As usual, we uh, separate the volcanoes geographically and not politically. So we remain in Asia, uh, where Sarichev Peak in Kuril Highland, in the extreme east of uh, Russia, not far from Japan, just a little bit north. Uh, so its alert level rising to yellow on June 30th, after an ash emission more than three kilometers high. So that's it for the week. As always, thanks to our sources, VolcanoDiscovery.com and the Smithsonian Institution's Global Volcanism Program, as well as Boris Becker on Twitter. And let's go to the focus. All right, for this week's focus, we're going to do a double focus slash longer update on Fikardetsfjall uh, and Tal. So let's start with Iceland. Iceland has been pretty busy erupting for the last few months, as you already probably know. For first time listeners, the volcano in Iceland is Fagrasfjall, and it is on the Reykjanes Peninsula in southern Iceland. Uh, it first started showing signs of unrest in February 2021. Uh, as mm, probably some of you remember, it started with general increase in seismic activity and seismic swarm followed. And geophysical evidence show magma as close as one kilometer to the surface. A few weeks later, we saw that started seeing lava coming out of a fissure. And over the last few months, the volcano has visibly been spewing out lava and creating its own little cone and filling the valley it's situated in in southern Iceland. In May, the behavior started to change a little bit and we started to get these spectacular lava fountains from the small volcano, which were up to 300 meters high, which could be seen from the city of Reykjavik. This volcano has been really popular with tourists and the live webcams have an active community of people who watch daily. This is the first time there has been an eruption on Reykjanes Peninsula in over 800 years. So notably, there's been some geochemical studies from the University of Iceland, which has shown, um, I'm going to do a little bit of jargon for those who are interested, lower concentrations of incompatible trace elements, lower light rare earth elements to heavy rare earth element ratios, and less radiogenic lead isotope ratios. And basically this indicates there's an increased contribution of partial um, mantle melts. Additionally, there was a compositional shift in the lead isotopes, which is thought to be driven by mantle processes, which is pretty interesting. 
Last week, the Icelandic Meteorological Office uh, released the June eruption summary. He was saying that the discharge rate is uh, fairly steady at uh, 13 um, cubic meters per second, and uh, currently estimate for lava area is about 3.8 square kilometer, 80 million of cubic meter of material erupted. Mm-hmm. So this week at Fagradas Felt, we saw some new behavior. It started with an eruption of a cloud of ash, and this was because the crater had collapsed on itself and started sealing. This was coupled with a drop in tremor as well, and generally when this happens, it means that things are kind of over. So there was even a few reports that said, well, everything might be over. But then the volcano revived itself with spectacular, spectacular eruption, lava pouring over the sides of the crater. The idea is that there might have been a drop in the magma column at depth, uh, which called in- caused internal collapse and empty par- out parts of the conduit. But the videos of this eruption are insane, with lava spilling over the sides. It's like almost like a pot of boiling water. It's, uh, it's so cool. What does this mean moving forward? Well, early spring there was uh, some speculation that maybe this will be a long-sustained volcano, that indeed we all witnessed the birth of a new volcano that might become as below as Kilauea or Mamahetna. And given the steady magma influx, who knows how long this will last? So for this Icelandic section, thanks to our sources, Volcano Cafe, the Iceland Meteorological uh, Office, the University of Iceland, VolcanoDiscovery.com, IcelandGeology.net, and VolcanoCafe.org. So, okay, so now we talk a bit in detail about a very interesting volcano that is Tal. So Tal's last eruptive period ended in 1977, and now it's entered its new eruptive phase in January of 2020. But instead of doing all its eruptions at once, it decided to wait till COVID was over so that it could take its rightful place in the news. Or perhaps it's letting the inhabitants deal with one disaster at a time. What a polite volcano. In January 2020, the eruption feature booming heard four kilometers away. Local earthquakes uplum up to one kilometer and then intensify to reach 10, 15 kilometer. Then the eruption shift to more lava fontaining, but still with more plumes and volcanic lightnings. After a few weeks of activity, things seems to calm down for the rest of the year. Okay, okay. So since this year in April, the tremor has started up again, coupled with an increase in the SO2 emissions. There are reports on Twitter, actually, of people watching their vegetation turn brown before their eyes as large uh, sulfur dioxide, or SO2, was released uh, during a subsequent rainstorm. When SO2 mixes with water, it's turned to H2SO3, which is acid rain, which uh, kills plants and is generally not potable. Currently, one of the most dangerous things around this volcano is the volcanic smog, or Vog. Uh, this is a mix of SO2 gas and aerosols, and this happens when SO2 is in the atmosphere and has time to interact with oxygen, moisture, dusts. So Vog is dangerous depending on the concentration, but it's especially risky for sensitive groups, so like people who have heart conditions or lung problems or asthma. But when SO2 levels are high enough, even people who don't have these conditions can have some really harmful effects, including difficulty breathing, eye, nose, throat, skin irritation, coughing, headaches, nausea, fatigue, etc., etc. 
As the two emissions at Tal have been alarmingly high, which make the Vogue especially dangerous, the average level of SO2 at Tal is 3000 tons per day, which is already quite high, and on June 28th it was five times bigger than that. In addition to the increased SO2 this week, there was also phreatomagmatic plumes. Remember, phreatomagmatic is when you have lava and water interacting, causing even more violent eruptions. The tall volcano is actually situated in the middle of the lake, and then it has a lake in it. So it's like a lake within a lake. Anyways, as you can imagine, there's a lot of water for phreatomagmatic uh, eruptions. There are some insane videos online of the phreatomagmatic eruption of July 1st. A huge release of steam and ash and a small pyroclastic flow. It's really incredible. Currently, the hull lever is at level 3 out of 5, which essentially means that magmatic unrest is happening and an eruption is likely in the next weeks. There are a few villages near Tal which are at risk from the multitudes of hazards including base surge, tsunami and flooding, boulders block flow, hash fall and of course the SO2. VolcanoCafe.org does a really interesting overview with maps of what regions the difference risk occur in. By Volk, the Philippine uh, Volcano Observatory has done a really great job in the past of alerting the residents and the general public about the volcanic activity. The public is currently recommended to stay out of the high danger zones. We can rest assured that they'll let us know, and well, also more importantly, the people in the region, know what's happening next. Thanks to our tall sources, uh, VolcanoDiscovery.com, USGS, uh, FeeVolk, and VolcanoCafe.org. Um, and that's it for this week. You can follow us on social media at Volcano underscore watch on Instagram and Twitter. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we hope you have a really wonderful week. So thank you for listening. Um, see you next week. Bye.